I'm Shane Safir. And I'm Alcine Mumby, and this is Street Data Pod, where we dream with you about next generation schools that affirm, love, and value every learner. Here we have conversations about healing, hope, and listening at the margins. Today, y'all, we're recording this a little bit in the future and the past at the same time. So it's the end of 2022, and we thought it would be a great time to pause and reflect on what just happened because we did a thing. Shane and I did a thing. We sure <laughs> we did. did. A thing. And that thing is this podcast. And so we're, we just thought this would be a good moment to just reflect. Yeah, as we prepared for this little mini episode, we were thinking about Jamila's comments in episode four about how we can disrupt hustle culture and grind culture and really slow ourselves down. And we wanted to practice some of that today. And instead of like running into the next season, just really, really taking time to think about what we've learned and what's touched us. And we are so excited and lucky to have Maya Cueva with us today, our amazing producer. Alcine has deemed her the magic millennial. (laughs) And she's going to be here live not just behind the scenes today and engaging with us. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Welcome. So opening question to y'all, Shane and Maya, how are y'all feeling today? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so happy to be here, not behind the scenes. I am feeling great today. I'm feeling grateful that we all get to share this space together and get to really reflect on how this first season was for us. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in. How are you feeling, Shane? I'm feeling cold. It's like freezing in the Bay. I don't know what is going on. So I'm cold in my little attic office, but I'm also feeling really grateful for the birth of this project, the kind of like doula-ing together of this podcast. And also resting in gratitude because my eighth grader, Maximo, my younger kid, is playing in his school concert today. He's the sole electric guitarist. And so I get to go see him after this. How are you feeling, Ms. Alcine? I am feeling really good. I was sharing earlier that I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm visiting with some of my, my day ones. We've been friends since we were 15. And Her parents moved down here maybe like seven or eight years ago, and I'm excited. We're going to go for a really fancy dinner tonight that I get to splurge on them, and it just feels good to like treat them. They're like my second parents, second set of parents or third set of parents, however you want to describe it, but they're near and dear to my heart. Okay, so Alcine, a question we're going to start asking our guests more that you came up with and asked Dr. Emden is, what is an innovation or idea outside of education that you are exploring right now or intrigued by right now? Yeah, well, I am really excited to talk about this one, Shane, because as you know, you've gifted, you're so cute. You send me these little gifts, these books as gifts, and you shared, what's the book? We Are the Luckiest? I'm just really appreciating this book. It's about this woman's journey towards sobriety. And what I love about the concept that is sitting in my heart is, you know, she has this phrase is like, sobriety might not be your thing, but we all have a thing that we have to examine and we have to interrogate as to why is that the thing that we kind of fall back on? And it's, and she has this beautiful phrase of like, claiming it. It's like your thing. You have to take 
ownership and responsibility for it, even though you might not have been, you know, like the, the way it landed as your thing might not have been any fault of your own, but like, that's what adulting is, is just taking deep responsibility Yeah, right. for the things that are in our laps. And so I've been really thinking about that, thinking about what is my thing? I know what my thing is, girl, I could work. I could work forever. So that's an idea of like, how do I take full responsibility for my workaholism mm. and have new habits? Shout out to my girl, Laura McCowan, who wrote that book. She's got another book coming out in March called Push Off From Here. And I think she's such a beautiful writer and a guiding light for me and the community she's built out of that book. So thank you for bringing her into the space with us. Thank you. What's your what's your innovation or idea outside of education? Okay, y'all. So I'm currently obsessed with the work of Dr. Gabor Mate. Mm -hmm. I know he's like a big figure and like this is I'm not bringing anything new to people probably but I got to see him speak at the University of Victoria and I mean everything about this man like his first of all his voice Mm -hmm. is so like soothing and Mm -hmm. interesting and baritone it reminds me of my like grandfather's voice and his story his mom having to abandon him as an infant to save him from nazi germany as a jew in hungary i think what is most grabbing my attention in in the work right now is the connection between stress and autoimmune disease and he talks about how first of all autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis and others have skyrocketed in the last 20 or 30 years and particularly for women mm. it's like it used to be 50-50 male female and it's like three times as many women now to men but he talks about how having awareness of your body understanding mm-hmm. the source of toxic stress in your life yeah it's not like you can get rid of the disease but you can actually turn its course you can actually shift the path of healing for your body mm-hmm. and i mean both as like you know somebody who has jewish heritage and he's talking about epigenetics and trauma and like how much stress and trauma connect to our somatic experience. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I'll see and you're like really steeped in this. Oof. And I just find his work really, really beautiful and his presence really like humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has beautiful talks around how you how you be with children. I was just listening to one about like how do you how do you support a child through anger when they're having those moments of anger. And I think about my littles and, you know, girl, I'd be doing it all wrong sometimes. I'm like, go go over there. I can't, right? But it's like, how do you hold it with the kiddos so that they learn that, like, they're not feeling rejected when they are being their authentic self? Yeah. So in the spirit of reflecting and thinking about some salient moments from the thing that we did, season one is in the wraps, right? Like, we did that. I'm curious, Shane, can you share a moment from season one that really hit or touched or moved you and why? Oh my goodness. You know what? That moment where we invited young yep. Juan Choi to yep. share his story. I experienced a lot of alienation in school. Nobody reached out to me during that time. There was no educators who really saw me for who I was, took an interest in me, and the system just didn't didn't see who I was. And he 
so tenderly shared the picture of himself in elementary school and described how he was literally at the margins and gripping a pencil sharpener because of the pain and distress and how no adult reached out to him. No adult saw him, right? It just stayed with me. I mean, as a parent, as an educator, I'm like, how do we create schools where no baby has that story? How do we create schools where every child is seen and loved? It's like a passion for me. And I just so appreciated young Juan bringing that vulnerability into the space with us. It was really a gift. Maya. Yeah, I have to second what Shane was saying about Young Juan. That was super touching. And also to to edit that as well was just, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me was when Rocky and Norma came on. Rocky Rivera and Norma, your former students, came on and got to speak with you. And I thought that was just so amazing because, yeah. first of all, they're your former students. And for you to be able to have such a great relationship with them so many years later just meant a lot for me. And I just, it made me think about my teachers and the ones that like really, you know, helped me through a lot and are like why I'm where I am today, you know? Yeah. So that was just such a, a touching mm-hmm. those to have them on was so touching. But I think for within that episode for me was when you asked a question about data and kind of what data is overused. And I think it was Rocky who said, talked about grades and how <laughs> she felt like grades were just like not necessary. Yeah, grades grades really don't communicate, especially when the curriculum is not relevant to the student. It's I let's just say I did I had A's in all the classes that I liked and I had F's in the classes that I didn't like. That was the kind of student I was. So, yeah. And I just feel that in so many ways, just thinking about my own schooling experience and just times of when I was super stressed just to like make a certain grade or just peers or friends around me who are brilliant, amazing people, but maybe like didn't make it as quote unquote far because they didn't know how to do standardized testing, you know, or like didn't, you know, didn't have a good relationship with their teacher Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever the reason, and then maybe didn't make the best grades and then didn't get to the college or the things that they need to get to in order to quote unquote succeed. So it's just, yeah, it just made me think about how do we restructure education so that it's really made for everyone and that everyone can thrive in their own way. Thank you for that. That's yeah, that really stayed with me too. Grades is a tough one. And it's so arbitrary. Yeah. Like that's the thing people don't really understand. Like an A does not mean the same anywhere. It doesn't. And don't you guys think so much of it is about compliance? Yep. I mean, like I was an A student in high school, but that's just because I knew how to play the game. Like not because I was learning deeply. I was so underprepared for college. I got my ass kicked at Brown my first year of college. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I could get A's because it was a big public high school and I knew how to play the game. But like the really deep learning that they talked about, you can't capture that in a grade. Anyway, we're yeah. getting excited. <laughs> All right, Alcine. Alcine, what is a moment for you from season one that really hit or that touched your heart? 
I mean, there were, there were so many, I just remember, I think it was like the last five minutes or 10 minutes of our conversation with Jamila. Now my radical dream is really that we completely reorient toward working toward a future together. That's defined by us for us, for us, mm-hmm. by us, boo-boo kind of a thing. And I mean that in whatever context you're in, because every context, mm-hmm. every school. Has and it was just like, black girl joy it was like a sister girl moment and I just remember just I still feel full from the end of that conversation when she's talking about radical dreaming and dreaming in community and it just that part of the conversation I'm still holding near and dear in my heart and really trying to figure out how do I live that out how do I dream bigger and more in community and who do I need to be in community with so that my dreams become even bigger right because it's right you know trying to figure out like what what does that mean so I'm yeah oh, I love that so much thank you Dr. J and absentia for that beautiful invitation and all the work you're doing amazing thought leader so Maya we are constantly in awe of you for <laughs> real and the amazing work that you're putting out in the world our podcast being like one tiny slice of all the work you're doing and so we just wanted to give you a moment to share a gem or two about the other projects you're working on like what's something you're really excited about yeah well first off thank you that means a lot I'm working on a number of different things right now mm-hmm. the theme of rest is really coming up for me I'm like how do I also incorporate rest into mm. my day-to-day mm. because as of now I'm kind of I'm at a standstill other than this podcast like I am mean, trying to like take a little bit less on just at least till the end of the year which is about to end yes good um, girl yeah, I know. Like- <laughs> Like, gotta give myself some time, you know? But yeah, but I, I've i been working on a few things. I think I had mentioned before with the two of you just about On the Divide, which is a film that I've been working on for seven years. It's a documentary following three people connected to the last abortion clinic in McAllen, Texas. Here in Texas, major abortion laws are dominating the news cycle. 13 clinics were forced to close, leaving just eight in all of Texas. The eyes of the world are on the border town. From that side, the abortion clinic. Over here, the anti-abortion clinic. Only a fence physically separates the two institutions. Now that I have Jesus in my life, I feel like I have a purpose. Hi, good morning. I'm a clinic escort at the Women's Health. And we have some protesters. I started providing clinic defense when the protesters started amping up their tactics. We're all praying for you. You're going to regret walking in there. Keep the peace. Okay? It is very timely now, unfortunately, because of what has been happening with Roe v. Wade. But we have since it has been out for a little while now and was on PBS. But we've now since been putting in festivals. And I was recently in, in England for that screening there. Yeah. <laughs> So that was really exciting to just have an international audience and, you know, how people understand what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I also have been working on a podcast series about the history of Oakland, in particular, the history of Black Oakland. Um, and it's hosted by my two really good friends yes. and comrades, oh. Abbas Muntakim and Delancey Parham, who are both incredible leaders and organizers. The last decade has seen gentrification transform the city of Oakland in ways that are often unbelievable. Increased rent, high-rise apartments, expensive coffee shops, and other luxuries that accompany capitalist development have been at the forefront 
of the displacement of a once dense black community. As our elders who left the South as part of the first and second great migrations begin to pass away and their children and grandchildren are forced to move out the town, generations of people and their stories and culture are leaving with them. So I'm Abbas Muntakim. And I'm Delincey Parham. We're two organizers in Oakland whose families have been here for generations. And we're doing our part to amplify the stories of the people from the place we call home. This is Tales of the Town, a podcast about Black Oakland. We all did this together. They brought me on about like two years ago at this point. It's a scripted podcast looking at different themes of, you know, what what happened in Oakland history. So we start with the Great Migration, where they're, we even interview their great-grandparents, um, great-grandparents, great-aunt, who actually had to escape, you know, white supremacy and Jim Crow South to come to Oakland. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. My auntie Anita. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I know. I get to talk to you a lot recently. I know. You need to talk to me more. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're right. And then we go into the Black Panther Party, organizing America College, music in Oakland. No, oh, listen, that music episode, I think I might have sent Delancey. I was like sending him text messages or voice memos after every episode, like proud auntie moment. But like that music episode, because I was running a high school in Oakland, coming from the East Coast. Like I didn't understand West Coast music yeah, and running yeah. a high school in Oakland. And I just remember all of it just brought me back to like, Okay, y'all, can we can we can we go to class? Like the music blaring because you know I I run schools where kids are free. Like that's fine. We'll play music during. We would play music during break while they transitioned, and they'd be like dancing through the. Through the like, okay, yeah. Class. <laughs> What's it called again? Tell us the name one more time so listeners hear it. Oh, it's called Tales of the Town. All twelve episodes are out now. But yeah, the music episode was definitely one of my favorites to edit and to research and. I felt like I learned a lot, too, because we don't just talk about like contemporary music. We're talking about the history. So we talk about 7th Street and West Oakland and like the origin of like a lot of our music today comes from that time. That's amazing. So we're going to close with our own lightning round, a skill that we are continuing to refine, <laughs> the lightning aspect of the round. Alcine, who is a guest that you would love to have on for season two? Sonia Renee Taylor, Adrian Marie Brown, and Trisha Hersey. Mm-hmm. The, the, yes, the NAP ministry. Like, listen, transformative. So anyway, any, any one of those three beautiful humans, I would sit at their feet forever that would be amazing what about you who who would you want okay besides Asia Mariba I'm gonna go back to to Gabor Mate yes I feel like the themes around trauma and illness and all the things he's talking about a specific conversation around education yes would be really rich and then I also want to call in potentially to our future Dr. Goldie Muhammad whose work I love so much yeah um yeah. I just think her book Cultivating Genius is is beautiful and transformative and 
really connected to the ideas in street data. So it'd be fun to have a conversation with her about what she's learning and how she's building that out and just center her brilliance. Yeah. And I would love to have more conversations with our kiddos that we taught many years ago. And, and, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm over break. I will try to like sit down with my littles and talk with them about agency. Listen, when I tried that test with my niece. She had a lot to say about being agentic in her four and a half year old body and all the choices she gets to make. And so I'm really curious to think about these concepts from an early childhood perspective because mm. like you know love it ones. you love know it. I love the babies mm-hmm. I'll see a lot of kids so thank you so much Maya and Shane for holding this wonderfully reflective conversation I hope listeners feel the joy through this episode and we're just um, really grateful for all of you who are listening thank you guys thank you bye y'all thank you bye street data pod friends we have two announcements to share First, you can get 20% off Street Data on Corwin Press's website if you use discount code STREETDATA, all caps. Second, we would love to hear your stories and questions about how Street Data Pod is shifting the way you move as an educator. So check it out. If you have a comment or a question about any episode, you can leave us a voicemail at the new Street Data Pod phone number. 415-335-9997. That's also on our website. You can also send us an email to streetdatapod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear street data from you all, and we might even feature your voicemail on a future episode. Street Data is executive produced and hosted by Shane Safir and Alcine Mumby. The senior producer is Maya Cueva, and our associate producer is Alice Lopez. Our production manager is Jamie Valle. Thank you to Zoe Morgan for social media support and Corwin Press for sponsoring us. And a special shout out to Rocky Rivera for our theme music. If you want to learn more about street data and get your hands on a copy of the book, visit Amazon, Corwin Press, or better yet, a local, independent, or Black-owned bookstore. If you like the show, remember to subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you found us rambling or fumbling over our words, remember, we can't be articulate all of the time. I'm Shane Safir. Oh, should we start over? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I just realized I was like, wait, I need water. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs>